thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you're joining us today. Thank you for being here. And I tell you what, the word will bless us. It will set our lives on course. And I'm believing for you to receive the answers that you need in your life. Amen. Amen. We all need the light of the word and we're here to receive it together because we're hungry for the word today. I know you are. So we invite you to become a student along with us and take notes and follow along in your Bible and release your faith. Expect something. Expect God to speak to you today. Amen. We've been looking at a couple of things. First of all, something that Brother Copeland, a statement that he often makes to us and we're so glad for it. He makes this statement, the will of God is your wealthy place. Well, what's he saying this is that every arena of our life is enriched when we're walking out the plan of God for our life because God has a plan for our life and that's his will for us to carry out that plan. And that's where we're going to be enriched. Um, I would say this, that healing flows easily when we're in the plan of God. That healing abounds where the will of God is carried out. Prosperity abounds where the will of God is carried out. Many times people are struggling for health or struggling for prosperity when they just need to pay attention. Am I in the will of God? Because with the will of God, all of those things are enriched in our life. Amen. Amen. And so that's what we've been looking at. We've also been looking at something that Paul said. How many of you know Paul finished fine? (laughs) He fulfilled the will of God for his life with joy and we're still being blessed by his obedience. All the, half of the, half of the letters of the New Testament came from Paul. The Holy Ghost gave them to the church through him. And so Paul gives us keys or insights as to steps he took to make sure he finished what he was born for. And uh, every single one of us are born for something. Let's finish it. I said, let's finish it. So we've been looking at our golden text, which is Acts chapter 20 and starting in verse 22. Paul is writing here and he says, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Now, what would Jerusalem be? It's the place God told him to go. It's the place where God told him to be. So we would say, what is our Jerusalem? Where did God tell you to be? What did he tell you to do? And so Paul said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel 
of the grace of God. In this passage, we're going to see five things that governed Paul so that he could finish his course with joy. And he gives us these five things. We've only been in what? Three or four days on number one. You know what that means? You got to come back next time. You got to keep coming back till we get to all of it because we need to know these steps that caused Paul to fulfill what he was born for. So the first thing that we've been looking at, and we may continue for a little bit here, is he said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. When we see this word bound, we're not talking about bondage. We're talking about committed. We're talking about consecrated. We're talking about this is what I have agreed to of God's plan. So Paul's saying, I have agreed to the plan of God that I go to Jerusalem. Even though bonds and afflictions, hardship, obstacles, persecution awaits me, it's not going to change my agreement with God's plan. That's what he means. I go bound in the spirit unto unto Jerusalem, unto where God told me to to be, what God told me to do. You're not ready to move forward in the plan of God until you agree with it. Until you're committed to it, until you're bound to it. That's why people will start a direction and back out. Start a direction and back out. No, as, as, as younger Christians, we're learning to follow God, so that may happen. But as we get older, we don't have time to start and stop, start and back out, start, go forward and come back. It can cost us years. It is time for us to recognize what's the Spirit of God dealing with us about. What seems right in our own spirit? Not did, I hear a, not did I hear a voice? Did I see a vision? Did I have a prophecy given? I'm not diminishing those, but that's not the primary way God leads us. Yes. The primary way God leads us is by the inward witness. Yes. What is the spirit of God witnessing to your own spirit about? Yes. Amen. Yes. Just follow what seems right in your heart, yes. your spirit. When I say the heart, I'm not talking about the organ of the heart. The organ of the heart is not what the Bible's referring to in any of those passages. When it says the heart of man, it's talking about the center of man's being. That's a spirit. And so anyway, so we realize that we have to be committed, consecrated, agreeing to the will of God within. Amen. From our insides. Um, we invite you go back and watch previous episodes because we said so much you need to hear about this. But when we say about being bound, Paul said, I go bound unto Jerusalem. What should we be bound to as Christians? And again, the word bound is not bondage. It's committed to. It's something I'm, I I recognize as the plan of God and I'm agreeing to it and I'm consecrated to it. Well, first of all, we need to be bound to his word. Amen. 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 Because faith comes by the word to be bound to the word. Now we're in the faith flow. Amen. The second thing that we're to be bound to is the leading of the spirit, following the spirit of God. What is he directing you to do in your own heart, in your own spirit? The third thing that we're to be bound to is the plan of God for our life. We should not treat it as optional. I'm not here to live any other plan. I'm here to live one plan, and that's God's plan. I'm not here to live a plan that some other person made for me. I'm not here to even carry out my own plan. I'm here to carry out God's plan. I'm committed to that. I'm bound to it. The next thing is bound to be bound to God's plan for your home, for your family. For your children, those that are under your authority, be bound to carrying that out and not exchanging it for something else, not exchanging your plan, your family for something less than God's plan. Amen. 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 
then what about this being bound to the local church where God told you to be? God will direct us what church to attend. He will direct us what pastor Mm -hmm. to have speaking into our life. And you say, Pastor Nancy, I live in a region where there's not a church that preaches the word or even knows about the Holy Spirit. Well, if if that's true and God has you right there, then I would assume and presume, and you might consider this too, that God has you there so you can pray one into that region. Pray a church into that region. Pray a pastor into that region. Because if you need one, others there need one. So if if you say, no, I know God has me here, but there's no church that is feeding the word like it needs to, then start believing God to send a pastor. Amen. Amen. Because where where people are hungry, God will feed them. Amen. 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 But I will even say this to our congregation. Over 25 years of pastoring, someone would say, well, Pastor Nancy, my family and I, we're considering moving to another city. And I ask them this, is there a good church there? Mm-hmm. Why pick up your family and take them to a place where they're going to be neglected spiritually? There's no spiritual food. Make sure that I'm not saying God didn't tell you to go, but you better make sure it's God. People will move across move across the, the United States and even to other countries for a good job. How much more for a good church? Yeah. Now to the world, that sounds weird. But to me, it sounds weird to leave a good church to go get a better job. I mean, why? Because we recognize that, that, that the blessing of God flows from a spiritual life, not from a financial life, not from a work life. It flows from our spiritual life. And so it is not wrong or odd for you to consider, wait a minute, before I make the move that I'm considering making, is there a church there for my family? Because I'm committed to keep my family in a local church. I'm bound to that. Why? Because I want to keep my family safe. Jesus looked at this congregation that had come and gathered to him and they were sick and he was moved with compassion, healed their sick. And it said, and he had pity or sympathy or compassion on them because they were a sheep having no shepherd. They were fainting and scattered. And he said, the reason is they got no pastor. I'm not willing to put my family in that situation. I'm bound to, to lead my family to a place where they're under a pastor. Um, my, I have two sons, my husband and I have two sons together and, um, our sons help us in the ministry. They're not just, they're, they're, they're key figures in the ministry. And uh, they love the plan of God. They love what God has called this family to. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, how did you get your family committed to the plan of God? Well, let me tell you how I did it. I kept them number one in the local church. I kept them in the local church. Why? Because in the local church, the anointing comes into manifestation. I'm keeping them in the place where the anointing can reach them. And you say, well, God can reach them in other places. Yes, I'm not saying he can't, but the, the anointing's not always in manifestation in other places. It comes into manifestation in the local church. And when I get them in the local church, I'm keeping them in the atmosphere of the anointing and the devil can't get hold of things in the anointing. So number one, I kept my children in the local church. I didn't let them uh, miss, I didn't let them miss church to go to play sports and things like that. 
-hmm. Not against sports, but things had to be kept in proper yes. priority. Amen. Yes. So there was a divine order in our life. The things of God were first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God yes. and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Notice it says, uh, seek ye first. It doesn't say seek ye only, right. but seek ye first. You can have other interests and it not be an offense to God or it not be a, a problem for your spiritual life as long as God and his family are kept first. His kingdom is kept first. Amen. So the first thing I did is I kept our children in the local church. Number two is I guarded their fellowship like a rattlesnake. I didn't just let them hang out with anybody just because they were Christian. They had to be, they, I, wanted, I wanted my sons to be around uh, those who were making progress in their spiritual life. They're progressing in their spiritual life. It wasn't enough for my kids to say, well, you know, they're a Christian. Well, that, I, I appreciate that, but are they progressing? Uh, the third thing is I paid attention. I paid attention. I didn't push my kids off. Now, don't misunderstand me. I had help, but I was not replacing myself. Yes. Substituting me with help. I would I paid attention. Where are they? Who are they on the phone with? Let me see. Let me pick up the other end of that phone. Yes, I paid attention. Yes, I paid attention. So those things were were the steps we took to why? Because our family was bound to the will of God. And that's how we're going to raise our children, that they're bound to the will of God, committed, consecrated to the will of God. Amen. Amen. Now, when God directs you to a local church, then he's the only one that can undirect you from that church. You can't decide on your own, oh, I don't like the nursery, or I don't like the parking, or I don't like the decor of the building, and dismiss yourself. When God puts you there, only God can dismiss you from there. Amen. Amen. Would God ever direct you to a different church only if he was trying to get you to further light? Yes. He won't redirect you because of your, you know, you're, you're in offense or something regarding that. It's, you know, I was raised in a precious denominational church, but God led me to another church to get greater light of the word. My husband was raised in a certain, he got saved in a full gospel church and he um, developed there in his early Christian years. But there came a time when they only went so far. They didn't believe in divine healing. They didn't believe in prosperity. They didn't believe in the things that belong to us in our inheritance. They didn't know about them. And so many times uh, would God redirect you only to bring you into further light, you see. And so that, but that would be at God's direction, wouldn't it? That would be at God's direction. That doesn't, and then what about those? There are those that are divine connections in our life. There are people that God puts in your life. It begins with your pastor, that they are divine connection in your life. And then he may have other people that are in some measure, they're a voice into your life spiritually that enhances, not to direct you, not to lead you, but to encourage you in the plan of God. You don't look to other people to direct your life. The spirit of God is the one that leads us, but he will put people in our life to encourage us and help us come into a wisdom of how God is leading us. 
Amen. We don't yeah. turn the lead of our life to another end of another right. person. Yeah. That's, good. Yeah. That's, good. That's me and God yeah. of how we're led, but God's going to train me and teach me and I need to listen to somebody who knows God better yes. than me. Because yes. yes. there's always somebody who knows God better right. than you. Yes. That begins with your pastor, but there are others that God can sometimes put in your life in a particular way yeah. to be a, 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 uh, a help to you and yes. encouraging you in the plan of God. Um, the thing is, is that that doesn't mean becoming a buddy with the pastor. That doesn't happen because I got recognition from a spiritual leader. I don't have to become a buddy. They don't have to know me, but I have to know them. I have to listen to their, to the word they preach. It's not about, do I get recognition? It's, do I listen to the teacher, to one, the one who's teaching and instructing me? Uh, the word says what God's joined together, let not man put asunder. Yes. Now we apply that to marriage and it's certainly mm-hmm. pertinent to marriage. But what about anything God's joined to your life? Mm-hmm. Paul said, I go bound. Mm-hmm. Meaning this, he didn't let anybody else separate him from what God yes. put in his life. Yes. Amen. 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 You know, God will put different people in your life for different reasons. Yes. He will. Yes. He will. Some, someone might really be a help to you in, in, in you in how you raise your children. Mm-hmm. They help give you wisdom yeah. for how that happens. It's somebody else God may put in your life because they're a real help with your business life. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that you go out and try to network and use people for your purpose. Yeah, right. Very good. Yeah. When God puts someone yeah. in your life, it's not so you can use them, it's so he can use them. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't, I don't try to get to know people so that I can get advanced somehow. I don't do that. It's not my job to network in that sense. But God will bring people in my life. Not so I can take advantage of them. So God can use them to be a help to me. And then I will be a help to them in some way. Amen. We're not using people. We don't use people. We don't try to get people around people and say, well, God's divinely connected us. Yeah, then you better protect that by not trying to use that. Don't use that relationship wrongly. Let God, let God put things together. Amen. Um, And God has put sometimes different, different ministers, men of God in our lives that have helped helped uh, train us in the healing ministry. Mm-hmm. My husband was that. Dad Hagen was there. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sumrall was that. And different ministers that spoke into our life because they brought a certain supply that helped us be bound to what God called us to. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. So know what to be bound to. Yes. Amen. When you're bound to the right thing, you can't be carried off by opposition. Yes. Very good. Listen, the winds of opposition will blow and they're, they're blowing to try to move you. Yes. But when you're bound, you can't be moved. Yes. Amen. Yes. Don't let those who aren't bound to the right thing pull you off course. Because yes. there are a lot of people in this world that they just float from one thing to the next. A lot of times they don't know to be bound. Yes. They don't know. But as you learn these things and you're taught what God has joined to your life, don't let people who don't know what you know separate you from where you know you should be. Amen. Because not everybody knows to give the word first place, but you know it. Amen. So we give the word first place regardless of who knows it and who doesn't, right? We're bound to that word. Amen. So that's what we mean by uh, when we look at this phrase, 
Paul says, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. So I took it to your, the plan of God and I took it a little further talking about the different layers, but this is why it's so important that um, um, in today's society, people aren't real faithful. I mean, just in general, people, society is not faithful. Why? They don't know what to be bound to. And even if they do know what to be bound to, they aren't bound to it. <laughs> they, they treat relationships and they treat decisions in their life as disposable. And um, if we're going to finish with joy, we have to know what is God put in our life and we choose to be bound to him. God, God won't force us to be bound to something. He just shows us what he's, what he's planned for our life and we, we choose it or we don't. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose, choose life that thou and thy seed may live. So notice what you're bound to doesn't just affect you. It affects your family. It affects your seed. It affects the next generation. My husband, a precious man of God, he was, he was raised in a traditional church and he said he was a poor member of that church. You know, he was not faithful. He wasn't raised where the church was given priority in their, in their home life. But there came a day when he was 25 years old, he got saved. And the day he got saved, he began being an example to the rest of his family. And over time, all of his family came to know the Lord, including his mother and his daddy, because the choices he made affected other generations. Those that had, in, in his family line were people that had mental illness and some that had committed suicide. But when he got saved, he stopped that flow. Yeah. That never happened in his lineage again. Yes. I mean, uh, here we are carrying on. Yes. Since his home going, my family and I and, and different relatives of his carrying on uh, what he was bound to. Yes. So what you're bound to affects more than just you. Yes. Amen. So let's go back. We've been on that one a while because there's so much in it, right? So much in it. But I want us to again, look at Acts 20 verse 22 and let's go a little bit further today. Uh, Paul says, now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. So what's the number one thing to finishing our course with joy? Be bound to what the spirit of God uh, directs us to. I go bound into the spirit unto, unto Jerusalem. Look at this, not knowing. Not, ah, not knowing. There's step number two um, to fulfilling our race with joy. When I say not knowing, I'm not talking about ignorance. I'm talking about faith. Now, to move with God, we have to be willing to move into the unknown. We have to be willing to move into the unknown. Know this, it might be unknown to us, but it's not unknown to him. So when we're following him, we're not at risk in moving into the unknown because he knows fully. And we have complete faith in the one who knows. Why doesn't he tell us more than the next step to take? Well, there's several reasons. One is he wants us to, we want, he wants us to trust him. He wants us to have faith in him. Number two, if he told us more, you know what we'd try to do? We'd try to handle it too much. We'd try to start inserting our opinion. We, well, I think we should do this. And we would get it all tangled up, get it all confused, make it all cloudy. So he says, I'm going to help them be successful. I'm only going to give them one step at a time so they can't derail. 
that if they miss this step, they've only missed one and not ten. Amen. So it says, Paul was willing to move ahead toward Jerusalem, not knowing. Just move with what you do know. And as you do that, more of what you need to know will come. You only need to know the next step. Now, I know your mind and your flesh wants to know the next 30 steps. But faith only needs to know the very next step to make. It doesn't need to know everything. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to go further, but not today. (laughs) If I go further, we're going to have to go back over it the next episode. So I want to take this time. And I want to pray with those of you who say, Pastor Nancy, you're talking about being bound and not knowing all that's to come, but I need to be bound to something. Yes, you do. You need to be bound to what God's put in your heart. What has God been directing you to? You say, many times what will happen with people is they will go, I'm too far off course. I've missed God so many times. I've gone, I've made so many bad decisions. Join the club. (laughs) Right? When I miss it, Mm -hmm. and I've missed it at times, I'm missing it less and less Mm -hmm. because the more skill we we gain, the less we miss it. But in times past when I would miss it, and the devil would say, because you missed it, you have to accept a measure of defeat now because that's what the devil will try to get you to buy. Because you missed it, you have to accept a measure of defeat. Well, When the devil would point to and say, look at all the times you've missed it, I would say, devil, all that points to is I qualify for a savior and I got one. If I did everything right, I wouldn't need a savior. But I need a savior. And not only do I need a savior, I got a savior. And devil, you don't. Amen. So uh, don't get under a cloud of sorrow a cloud of condemnation. Mm -hmm. Well, I've missed it so many times. Uh, Do you think that God is less smart than our street commissioners Mm -hmm. and our city planners? Mm -hmm. Our city planners, when they plan a city, you know what they plan? Multiple roads that will lead to one place. There are multiple routes Mm -hmm. of getting to one location. Yeah. Why? Because people miss turns. Yeah. Don't you think God's smarter than our street yes. commissioners yeah. and our city planners, yeah. right? Yeah. He has multiple paths to get you back to the place where he planned for you to be all along. Yeah. Amen. So I want to pray with those of you. Father, I believe you. I join my faith with these precious people for clarity of your plan to come, that they would come into what you know that they would gain clarity in their own hearts and their own spirits of what you're saying to them. And that as they move forward, they move forward with the clarity of God, but also with the peace of God. For your word says they shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. So Father, we thank you for the peace that leads us. That as we follow peace, we're following the leading of God. So I thank you, Father, to help them know the peace of the direction that you have for them in Jesus' name. May they know fully your plan, for we love you with all of our hearts, and we purpose to obey you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. 
Well, we thank you for joining with us today. You don't want to miss next time. It's just going to keep getting gooder and gooder and gooder. Yes. Amen. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.